Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's happening, everybody? This is Mason, a.k.a. Slim. On today's episode of The Backdoor Cut, I'm joined by Rich and Zach, and we discuss the rich fortunes of the Grizzlies in the 2019 NBA Draft Lottery, and the future of the franchise, and how they should kind of navigate that. Um, then we also talk about the Memphis Tigers recruiting class. Of course, Coach Penny Hardaway has the number one recruiting class in school history coming in to Memphis. Um, so we talk about all the exciting things going on with Tiger basketball. As always, the backdoor cut is brought to you by Blue Note Bourbon, which is artfully crafted to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. So be sure to grab a bottle next time you're at your favorite liquor store. Friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. This is Zach with you tonight. It is Monday, Monday evening, yeah. And I got with me Mason and Rich. How are you guys doing? What a time to be alive, baby. Great time to be in Memphis. Uh, just had barbecue fest, had music fest, and Grizz. We won the draft lottery in my eyes. We got number two, and the Tigers are rolling on the recruiting trail, so things are looking good. That's why we back today. <laughs> it's all oh, rainbows yeah. and sunshine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to just say shit's lit. Shit is lit right now. That's it. I'm doing great. I'm wonderful. I'm stupendous. I'm amazing. I'm marveled at how great I'm feeling. I, I find it funny that it, you can be, like, so excited when, like, no actual games have been played. <laughs> Like, okay, okay. like exact <laughs> no i'm not saying like you but i'm saying like i mean that's how i feel too i'm not gonna hell lie. yeah hell yeah fuck it's been a long time man a long ass time you know tubby was here dog oh i'm i'm aware of that <laughs> and i mean that's kind of a testament to how the games uh for both teams have gone the past couple of years <laughs> those have been tough to watch so uh let, let's take them through what happened the draft lottery we go in there and we're project like our best outcome is to convey the pick. Like it's 50 something percent that we get uh, not below eight or above eight, however you want to look at it. Um, and then once we get through, they're, they're counting down the numbers on TV. We get through number nine and we ain't there. So then it's like, wait a second, we either pick eight or we, we jump to the top four. But because the Lakers had jumped earlier, they or because the Lakers name hadn't been called it, we were ruled out of eight. So at that point, if we were smart enough, we would have known we were in the top four, like uh, Jason Wexler did. So how did you guys feel at that moment? Once you knew that we had a chance at the top four. I, I definitely, I'm not going to lie. The math, my brain was like so fried right then. And so like amped up because we hadn't gotten called like the four slots before that, that I was just yelling. And when they like moved us into that top four, I was like, I'll go back later and figure this out, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like on a flight um, to fucking Detroit the night of the draft lottery. I hated that. You know, I missed the show, but uh, by the time my plane landed, um, the lottery had just started. So I had to follow it on Twitter um, as best as I could, you know, relying on all of our Memphis kind of yeah. Twitter heavyweights to keep me updated, you know, 
Shout out to Barnburner Slim and Barnburner Bro. Um, <laughs> I was just, you know, following religiously. And so once I saw that we jumped, I was like, first, I was really taken aback. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this could possibly happen. This could be a thing. And then when it got to the Lakers were fourth, I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We could get one of these top three dudes right now. Like, this is crazy. Like, literally, I was in, like, my... Fuck, I don't even think it was an Uber. I was in a fucking cab, man. I was in a fucking cab. <laughs> just following that shit on my phone. And this dude's like, basketball fan? And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a beautiful evening. It was. And then, as you mentioned, the Lakers were called fourth, the Knicks third, and then they called the Grizzlies second. And, I mean, shout out to Elliot Perry. What a way to represent for the city. Man. Put on and just win us that two pick. Of course, the Pelicans got one. Um, Would have been cool to get Zion, but now we find ourselves in the heat of what is not much of a debate locally, honestly, uh, between Ja Morant and R.J. Barrett. Ja, of course, the standout sophomore from Murray State, and R.J. Barrett, the freshman All-American from Duke, who was the Robin to Zion Williamson's Batman all throughout the season. So how you guys feeling on the debate between those two? Yeah, for me, so I look, I'm thinking down the road, and, you know, Mike, you know, sooner or later won't be with the team, whether, you know, we trade him or he opts out or whatever ends up happening. So we will need a point guard. Like, you look in the playoffs – Pretty much every successful team has a really dominant, you know, dominant point guard. That's like a key player. So if we're able to go ahead and grab that with a guy that we think, you know, has a super high ceiling that can just step right in at the same time that Mike's leaving, that seems pretty ideal to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as soon as, like, you know, it came out that we were number two, like, I instantly was thinking Jog Jaren, Jog Jaren. Like, it just has a nice ring to it mm-hmm. off the jump. Um, and... I was somebody similar to what um, Zach was saying. You, you know, you just look across the landscape of the NBA and the playoffs, like that point guard, like that spot is so important. Like, you know, unless you're like Toronto and you have Kawhi Leonard, but um, when you have, you know, just this Uber athletic point guard who is only going to get better from here. I don't even think he's reached his ceiling. Um, I think it's just really an exciting player, um, an exciting prospect. And, you know, RJ Barrett definitely, Bucket getter, scorer. Uh, I'm, I got slight Andrew Wiggins vibes, which kind of scared me a little bit. Oh, it's because oh, it's dude. Canadian. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, slight, slight Wiggins vibes, man. But, um, you know, he's a bucket getter. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, if you're asking me straight up, Ja or RJ, granted, I would be okay with either, but I, I definitely would prefer Ja. Okay, so I think we've all we all agree that a point guard is essential to a team, but let, let's name the top five players in the league right now. Um, I, I think we would all agree: Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, um, Giannis, probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, we say KD, James Harden. I, I don't think Harden. LeBron. LeBron. That's number four. Yeah. And. And my number five, I, I'm putting Steph. Uh, you you could put James Harden there, but I, I don't I don't think that's really close. So, out of those top five, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Giannis, and Steph, we have four wings and one guy who is the best shooter in the history of the game. <laughs> so that's where I'm kind of I believe John ja Morant can be great, but I also think the potential of RJ. Mm. Is just extravagant, and having a playmaker on the wing like that is essential to building a championship contender. I mean, we see what Dame Lillard's doing out here, and you know, now we know that his ribs broken, but it's easier to lock up a point guard than it is to lock up a six-seven wing when you make defensive adjust- adjustments and scheme to stop that player. Except, you know, Steph Curry. Uh, we've seen James Harden, who's a point guard, flame out. We've seen it with Russell Westbrook. Any of these guys who you want to name as a top point guard in the league, we've seen them not get the job done over and over again. So that's that's what draws me to RJ. I'm, he's not the passer that John ja Moran is, but I do think he his his season this year is undervalued because of the spectacle that Zion was. So 
And when I saw RJ, I think it was 2017 at Arlington High School when his Montverde team beat East, I, I labeled him the best high school player I've seen since LeBron James, and I still believe that to be true. He was the number one prospect for a long time for a reason. He does this. I'm a believer in R.J. Barrett, and, uh, you know, I, I'd be okay with John Morant even saying that about R.J., but I think it's just going to be tough to pass on him, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Grizzlies kind of take a harder look and maybe take a step back from that stance that Gavoni reported that Morant was the clear-cut guy. Yeah, and I, it's like I'm, I'm curious, like, why do you say that? We We were talking about that in a group chat, like, leaking that sort of information does that help you or hurt you if you're trying to make some sort of move there i don't really feel that it does anything you know like i I don't see a benefit and i guess it could hurt you a little bit but i don't really feel like there was any reason to do that (laughs) unless it was just they talked to ja like they interviewed him and then ja's people told you know, Draft Express, ESPN, whoever, like, yeah, they, they were really feeling this. They're, they said that they're going to take us for sure, and that's how it got out, you know, which could be mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so any any thoughts on – I didn't convince y'all on RJ with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie, Slim. Like, you just really made a very compelling argument. Like, I, similar to, like you said, the Grizzlies might want to take a step back and take a second look at things. I, I'm intrigued. Like, you know, when you label, you know, the top guys in the league right now and we say, like, you know, how long we've talked about the Grizzlies lacking a wing scorer, you know, a, a, a shot creator since, like, you know, the Rudy Gay days. Um, R.J. Barrett was the number one player in the country for a reason. And I also do feel like just playing alongside Zion, his season was undervalued. Like, this dude was averaging 20 a game at Duke in the ACC, uh, which, you know, shouldn't be taken lightly. Uh, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad I'm not in that fucking war room. The Greens got a tough, they got a tough ass decision to make. Yeah, it's much better than who to pick at eight, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, so that kind of leads into what I wanted to bring up next. The day after the lottery, I was listening to The Athletic's Daily Ding. Um, the Athletic has a podcast network now, and it's pretty good. But they labeled it a disappointing night for the Grizzlies because we jumped to two. Instead of conveying the pick, and Get I was out like, of here. "No, what? this is the best thing that could have happened to this <laughs> fuck out of here. Like, it, <laughs> it helps us avoid being mediocre for the next ten, fifteen years, and allows us to expedite this rebuild and put two really talented players together. Trade Mike for some valuable assets. Hopefully, another player around that same age." Um, and you know, I, th- I really think it's the best thing that could have happened for, uh, Zach Kleiman and Jason Wexler to start off their tenure. You know, it's like, you got a free shot at two great, two potentially great players in Jaron and whoever you draft this year and an opportunity to gain some assets when you get rid of Mike. So <laughs> kudos to them, man, whatever synagogue they go to in Memphis is doing <laughs> shit, right? Like it ain't no, it must not be no dirty synagogue. Like they must be clean as a whistle out there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I blanked out right there. I, gonna, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah. How, how is that a bad thing? Like the ability to immediately add some young talent alongside Jaron inexpensively for a potentially like really long time. I mean, that's, that's ideal. Thanks. That's like what you need to do. Worry about this, you know, conveying and everything later, which like, if you also kind of change the topic a little bit, go into new Orleans, like how exciting is that for them to have jumped up all those slots? And so I would assume 80 still, you still trade him. You still want to get what you can for him. But if you think you're going to have Zion plus whatever else they're going to get back from AD, like that's pretty good, like three to four year rebuild plan, I think, or it could be down the road. Yeah. Potentially Zion and RJ who, uh, you know, weren't bad together (laughs) with the, they trade the third pick to the Knicks. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that seems like pretty exciting for them. And I, I enjoy the fact that it's a couple smaller market teams, even though we'll have to play them a whole bunch, but honestly, I'd rather just watch like really good basketball players in person a lot. I mean, that's kind of how, how I am. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Grizzlies are going to have a good team. Good. That means they got to beat good teams. So, yeah, part of it. Now you got the big markets just going through shit. You got the Knicks banking oh, free agency. Man. You got Magic Johnson. <laughs> he's, loading. He, he's just pouring his heart out on first take. <laughs> he's pouring his fucking heart out. Like, I was like, literally, my pops called me, man. I'm like, is this shit really happening? Like, he just, he just going on national TV dry snitching. Like, damn, bro. But- <laughs> what, what about the pettiness to do it hours before the Lakers introduced Frank Vogel? <laughs> no, dude. And, like, literally, you know, you got questions about that going on at the press conference, which one is, like, crazy. But they had somebody, like, ask a question. I saw it was trending. They were, like, literally in front of Frank Vogel to Rob Palenka, like, you know, Rob, we know, like, Frank wasn't your first choice. You wanted Monty <laughs> and Kai. And, you know, you guys kind of had, had to settle on Frank. <laughs> Frank <laughs> Ouch. Like, I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, oh man, what a shit show the Lakers they're, are. They're a hot, um, hot fucking oh, yeah. Mess, bro. Yeah, so, you know, it could be a lot worse than we have it in Memphis. Uh, could be very worse. I mean, especially if we didn't get that number two pick. Woo! <laughs> uh, one, one thing that was interesting about the leak of us taking Jaw with number two was kind of that uh, the Wexler and Kleiman basically made it seem like everything was going to be played close to the vest. Oh, and yeah, the, like two days later. <laughs> yeah, and the coaching search has been pretty close to the vest. Yeah. Uh, but then as soon as this opportunity comes out, like this information is, you know, readily available to anyone who wants it. So that was interesting. But do you guys both agree we got to trade Mike now that we have the two number two pick? Yeah, whether that's this summer or uh, at the trade deadline, I think that one of those – like you have to take advantage of the opportunity yeah, and get I think whenever the best package presents itself, you just got to pull the trigger. You just got to do it. Like whoever is offering the best return, because we know at this point it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Just ain't no sense in drawing that shit out. Yeah. Just personal preference. I would rather it be done before we go into training camp and all that, just so we can, you know, start to build our team the way we want to from the yeah. foundation up. Uh, anybody else on the team that you guys think is now expendable because of the number two pick? Like I'm thinking Kyle Anderson, we probably don't need him anymore because we were kind of still trying to compete. I know he's on the younger end of things, but let's be honest. It's not a lot like a guy who can't shoot can do for you in the NBA. If you're trying to build a contender and maybe someone will look at his defense and playmaking ability and, you know, think, think they can turn him into Giannis and take him off our hands. Yeah. And he's on like a really tradable contract too. Was it like eight, eight to 10 million for the next, was it three more years or something like that? I guess it could be our Draymond. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's pretty versatile. We got a, we'll have uh, like, he's a pretty good ball handler creator. He worked well with Jaron in the little bit of time that they got to play together. He was one of the few guys I think even Mike hesitated and struggled at first to work with Jaron, especially when Mark was still on the team. He just would kept going to Mark, you know, just old habits mm-hmm. and uh, not getting it to Jaron as much. But Kyle, I felt like was pretty proactive with that. So I don't know. I'd kind of like to see see that play out a little bit more. Right. Uh, yeah. But I'm not like. Yeah, not super opposed to it. If something if something really good comes along that like we I'm not expecting, then sure. Yeah, I'd like to see a healthy Kyle. I know, you know, he was hurt the majority of this year. And he is just, you know, one of those Swiss Army knives. So, granted, yeah, he can't shoot. But I think he impacts the game so much more outside of just the points aspect. So, if you're talking, like, expendable with the number two pick, like, I think towards the end of the year, like, after the trade, we definitely all kind of fell in love with the guys who were playing well. And one that kind of sticks out to me is just Avery Bradley, man. You know, he came in, he got buckets, but he's a little on the older side, you know, kind of outside of the draft pick, Jaron, Kyle range. So, you know, I'm sure like, you know, the fan base was kind of enamored with the scoring ability, but he's somebody that probably at this point in time doesn't really fit the timeline the Grizz are looking for. Yeah. And he's also got a trade contract with that. Uh, I think it's like only 2 million guaranteed or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. or for a, a team who needs to gain ground on salary, I think his full, full contracts like 11 or 12 million, something like that. So could work either way. could be thrown in with Mike or dealt separately. Um, and I, I think the only way we would see Kyle traded before the season is if 
someone asked for him with Mike, you know, like a team trying to compete, maybe the Lakers or something. Um, Mike Wallace from Grind City Media brought up something interesting on Chris Vernon's show the other day. He said that he would stretch Chandler Parsons before the season even started. And Vernon was kind of like, no, dude, you're crazy. Like, we've held on to this contract (laughs) for three years. Like, well, we haven't held on to it. We've had no choice. We've been stuck with it. Right. Um, And now it's finally an asset that you could potentially trade. So do you guys feel any way on holding Chandler and trading him or stretching stretching him, which you would have to pay over, you know, three years, I believe? My opinion with Chandler is I would not – I think stretch is like the last thing you want to do. I think you either – if you can trade him for something, by all means, if that, you know, if that comes up, sure. Uh, but your, your next best option, just kind of let the whole deal kind of expire and walk away and move on from the situation, I think. Yep. What he said. Yeah, and, and Mike Wallace's thing was kind of like, you don't want, he framed it this way, like you don't want Chandler Parsons even in training camp with these young guys, like to maybe be a bad influence. So it was the way he made it seem. Damn. So, you know, I mean, and we have seen him dismissed from the team and then brought back on previous regime. So yeah. who knows? That'll that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Let's see. So we talked about players. Uh, what else? We, oh, we, we don't have a coach. Oh, two seconds. The name came up, what was it, like over the weekend, the guy who used to coach the Phoenix Suns, Igor. Igor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I ain't trying to fuck with that, man. Well, I just saw what you did in Phoenix. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Today, Tibbetts came out. I think the uh, assistant, I saw that earlier, yeah. Oh, the uh, from Portland Trailblazers, Mm -hmm. Nate Tibbetts, who his name's been ringing out a lot with a a lot of these vacancies. Um, I don't know if you guys feel strongly about any of these candidates, but I, I don't know enough about them to even pretend to talk about them or Same. care about them. You know, yeah. J- uh, Jerron Collins from Golden State has been brought up. I know he's a pretty good defensive coach. I heard him I was like in the same room as him one time. He was breaking down uh, Golden State's defense against Cleveland, and that was pretty cool. So maybe he's a good defensive coach. I don't know. <laughs> you got Sarunis Jasakevichus. Oh, the Lithuanian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Everybody that comes out, I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. It's nothing that's like getting me like, oh, fuck yeah, hell yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the guy. Like, it's just kind of this random search that's going on. And I know they're playing it close to the vest. Um, I just (laughs) don't want a fucking announcement to come out. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) That's my biggest fear. And so they could be interviewing guys who are not leaking to the media. All of these guys are, their names are leaking to the media for a reason. And that's because right. they're trying to get a head job and like their agents are doing their due, due diligence. Um, and Wexler, to be fair, he was on Verno again and then a GP after the lottery. And he said that the, winning the lottery wouldn't affect the, like level of coaches that want to talk to them because they were already getting interviews with anyone they wanted to. So, you know, good to hear. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I don't have strong feelings on that either. Uh, Cause we're the only vacancy left now, right? Yeah, yeah. we are until, uh, I mean, I guess the Portland, I don't see, see them firing Terry Stotts and then the Warriors aren't going to do anything with Kerr and the two East teams are pretty set. I would imagine. So yeah, yeah. yeah. looks like we're the only one. Wow. Anything anything else Grizz related y'all want to hit on before we dive into the talk of the town? <laughs> it all started with Malcolm Dandridge. <laughs> <laughs> the first domino. <laughs> and then I think DJ decommitted from Kentucky. Was he was he the second commit, DJ? Yeah. And I then think, I think so. It was DJ. Followed by number one player in the nation, James Wiseman. Okay, yep. That seems like so long ago when that happened. So, was that, that was like, like October, back, November? October, November. Then you had um the guy from Tennessee Prep, uh, Damian Bow. Oh, yeah. Team Thaz Finest. Yeah, he came on board. Uh, Nort- Norton Hurd just said he's the best point guard on this team as of right now. Uh, Ooh. Wow. Radio last week. But the, uh, last, the last week and a half is where it's gotten crazy, though. Oh, it's gotten crazy, <laughs> it's gotten baby. Crazy. 
Uh, our boy. Hey, I want to give also before we begin a quick shout out to Lester Quinones, man. I can see just the way in which he builds relationships and communities. Like all these guys, he was like in their Instagram comments, showing love, you know, tagging them in pics. Like he was out here recruiting, man. He was the fifth assistant. Like he, 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 he was doing his thing, man. Shout out to Lester, dog. Well, I mean, you said before we began, but I think that's beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Lester was the first out-of-state domino to fall. Uh, Zach, I know you've been keeping up with these guys. You got anything on Lester? I've seen, uh, so, you know, we hear a lot of, like, really good shooters. shot like 41%, something like that. I've seen a lot of Devin Booker comps. They're, like, kind of the same size, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, so. Because they light skin. Because <laughs> they light skin. <laughs> They're Canadians, actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've, oh. <laughs> I've watched some Lester highlights, and I, I don't see Devin Booker, but that would be fucking sweet. <laughs> Well, these guys are all like Michael Jordan. You didn't know that? Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's all of them. He just signed a bunch of young pennies, Dwayne Wade's, you know. Uh, and, and we don't mean any disrespect to the first four Memphis guys. We just assume all of our listeners already know about you guys, and, and we're going to talk about these national guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it'd be, it's going to be great to have more shooting on the team because Tyler's all, like pretty much the only guy, the only shooter – who's coming back from last year's roster because uh, you losing Davenport Martin really wouldn't have that much shooting. If you go back and look, Tyler led the team in uh, threes made not, not a super great percentage, but he was like, wasn't bad. He hit the most, um, he hit the most threes. So it'll be great to have some more outside support, which a couple of these guys can actually shoot. It's going to, it's going to be different. Yeah. So. I'm not going to be used to this. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Following Lester, we got Boogie Ellis, who decommitted from Duke. So if you're keeping score at home, that's one decommitment from <laughs> Coach Cal, the first one ever, and then Ooh. one from Coach K, the legend at Duke University. Who maybe, thank you, maybe thank they you recruited. Trey thank you, Trey Jones, yeah. for coming yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe they recruited over him a little bit. But uh, Boogie Ellis is ours now. And this is a guy I'm excited about. I was watching comps and could have been the weed, but I saw a young Lou Williams. <laughs> I mean, Boogie Ellis is CBG, Certified Bucket Getter. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> I mean, that's It's an important thing to have, too. It is. Speaking of buckets, I just want to say that Myers Leonard in the first half for Portland versus Golden State has 25 points. Oh, oh, on, in a half? On four or five from three, nine for 11 from the field. I just want to throw that out there while we're recording. Wow. <laughs> Myers ain't trying to go home, huh? He ain't trying to go home. Dang. But shout out to Boogie Ellis, man. Like when that happened, like I had heard the rumblings, right? But then when it finally happened, he committed. I was just like, "Fuck!" Because I Boogie is somebody who I was following throughout his high school career out in Cali. Yeah, and um, you know, I I just figured he was gonna be that next lead guarded dupe to kind of you know start the thing and you know run the floor. Trey Jones decided to return. Penny and Mike had that relationship. Uh, shout out Sam Mitchell too. And Boogie is now in Memphis, and like I just think he's gonna bring so much excitement and flair to the form. He just plays that game, that West Coast feel. Uh, I saw uh, White Chocolate Jason Williams hit him up on Twitter and was like, "Yo, if you're really trying to set it out in the form, you got to rock that double nickel, that five five. So he got Jay Will's blessing to rock that five five, man. It's, you got to do it right. Like, you got to do it. You got. You ain't got a hair man. on your balls if you don't put on that five five. <laughs> <laughs> got to man. <laughs> Uh, and I, I think it might have been right before Boogie, uh, graduate transfer, Rajon Tucker Ooh, announced yeah. his commitment. Um, but it's recently came out that one, uh, he's probably going to the NBA uh, he's, as a two way player or, you know, a second round pick. Or it, today it came out that he may not have the needed credits to be a graduate transfer. But let me say this if Rajon Tucker comes to Memphis, that's who I'm excited about. That's a grown ass man. That yep. ain't like no <laughs> yeah. guy coming out yep. of high school. This is a grown ass man who knows how to get buckets at the Division One level. Right. And having him makes us a legit national championship contender. I think he'd be our leading scorer. Oh yeah, yeah. he was. He was the one I was really most hopeful of receiving, just because we've kind of seen already what he did to Memphis last year, what he could do in a basketball court offensively. And when he came, like like you said, so like that's a grown ass man. He coming from day one, the ball's gonna be in his hand. They gonna just say, "Yo, go get buckets." He got the green light. And so, man, I don't know like what's going on, or I I just hope you know, homie can 
get eligible and come, you know, come on down. If not, we got one more scholarly open. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, yeah. In the last domino to fall, take it away, Zach. <laughs> uh, so last week, uh, something that everyone had kind of been anticipating, uh, who guy who played AAU ball with Lester Quinones, Preston Achua from New York, committed to the Tigers. So he's a projected high lottery pick, uh, versatile forward, possibly even a top 10 pick. Uh, where a lot of mock drafts have him. So that is like our front court. You got the number one player. And then I think pressure is like 14th or something like that. Yeah. in some of the rankings, uh, both of them can like handle the ball. Well, they can just rebound incredibly. I mean, that's a freaking force down there. I'm trying to think of a lot of, a lot of college teams that have, you know, multiple guards that are really good and they advance far in the tournament. I'm trying to think of like some teams that had really good front courts, like just two twin towers that dominate down there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zion was basically a twin tower by himself because he could get any rebound and uh, they had some length. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, not only do will we have James and precious down there, but DJ Jeffries is not small. Like that's a big no. ass three man and Malcolm Dandridge is a grown ass man too. Uh, yeah Malcolm yeah I'm looking <laughs> forward to him playing yeah. Mal- Malcolm's got the knee injury so they're not expecting him back until December but if you can toss him in the mix like as you're making that final push and through the conference tournament that would be wonderful also wouldn't be the worst thing you know if he had the red shirt because of our we have this depth yeah um but definitely can't wait to watch Malcolm play and I, I bring up the red shirt because Malco seems like a dude who would be okay with that. Like he's still going to be in tune with his teammates and rocking like, you know, no matter what, if he's playing or not. And I just want him to get healthy and be able to m- make the most out of his, you know, however many years he has here. I know mm-hmm. he said two max uh, on Twitter one time mm-hmm. of the out of town guys. So we're not going to count uh, DJ James, Malcolm or Damian ball. Which one are you most excited about? And we, Will it? We'll say Ray John is not coming. Ah, so you got Lester Boogie and Precious. Lester Boogie, Precious. Sorry, I'm a visual learner, so I got to write these names down. <laughs> Come up with a game plan real quick. It's all good. We're inclusive. While I'm stalling, um, I think so. I'm going to go with Lester just because of his size and ability to shoot from the outside. So just having obviously that'll contrast with Tyler, who is not six, five, six, six, and just kind of create an interesting dynamic for us. Man, I think I was, I definitely like, you know, the Lester aspect with the size too, just cause you know, after a year of seeing Tyler and Halo just out there, man, sub six feet, it's going to be hard to guard a lot of the, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see somebody with some size, but man, I'm just go back to boogie, man. Just, just that, he he kind of got that sauce, man. He's got that that natural flair. I'm interested to see, you know, his offensive arsenal, but also how he's gonna get his teammates involved and you know, keep James, keep feeding James, keep DJ, you know, happy with touches. Um, because we've got a lot of fucking talent on this team. And everybody, you know, for the most part, is capable of eating on any given night. So I'm just very interested to see like how they're gonna distribute that, you know, what sets Penny's gonna come up with to just, you know. Man, get this thing off the road. I'm I'm talking like running, running, running. Yeah, and it, it's it's so funny because I think we all three an- are answering this honestly. And I'm most excited about Precious. Like that dude can do do it all. I saw him handling the ball. I saw him hitting jumpers, and he's a freak athlete. Like so. Yeah. Jesus, we got so much talent next year. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, and not to Lance Thomas is basically going to be oh, yeah. a recruiting addition and. He, I mean, he's a grown-ass man now, too. This is a guy yeah. who, who will be entering his third year in college. He can shoot it outside. He can play down low. Yeah. Um, we, we got Isaiah Maurice as a backup big who, you know, you either love him or you hate him, it seems like. But, <laughs> depends what, yeah, it depends yeah. what game it is for is, sure. Uh, is, Ryan, is Ryan Boyce still on the roster? Yeah, yeah. You got Ryan Boyce, who ain't no slouch. Like, 6'6", can hop, can shoot it, really good athlete. And then you got Tyler Harris, who we mentioned, and Alo, who I think is gonna might come down to Alo and Damian Ball. 
to whichever one of them can figure out how to keep everyone happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might see them starting at point guard, despite the the talent of Boogie, um, especially now that we don't think Rajon's going to be here. I think Alex Lomax is going to really show what made him Mr. Basketball in the state of Tennessee with all this talent surrounding him. I think this is where he's going to thrive. And even though he's smaller and maybe can't guard those bigger guards, we have so much size literally everywhere else except for him and Tyler that you can hide him on the scrub. I mean, we play in the American athletic conference. There's a scrub <laughs> on the floor at all times, unless you're playing like four teams. So you got Alo starting at the one. I, I if, well, if we miss on RJ Hampton, yeah, I think Alo okay. will, will be the starting point guard, gotcha. uh, Alo or Damian ball, whichever one of them wins it. Okay. Uh, Cause ball has, he's got more size than Alo. Um, but I kind of like ball as the dog who you just come in and he like, uh, picks up the second team point guard full court and just causes havoc and forces turnovers. Tyler Harris, you're not going to keep him off the court. Like everyone is worried about how you're going to keep these guys happy. Listen, it's plenty of time for everyone to play when you beating folks by 20, 25, 30 in the American athletic conference, like your numbers are going to look good. And then when you're playing good teams, like it's who's got it tonight. Penny, Penny is an OG. Like if he's not going to, he's not worried about hurting people's feelings. We saw that last year. He benched Tyler. He benched Alo. Like he he benched the seniors. He he would bench anyone. Um, So I'm just not worried about the, the minutes allocation that everyone else seems to be worried about. And maybe I'm in the minority on that. But how are you guys feeling about how we're going to distribute the minutes amongst all this talent? Man, look, I just I just trust Penny <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> like, he's somewhere that's that's been there and where everyone on this team is trying to get to. Um, and I think he has that presence and that command to, you know, demand excellence and, you know, production when you're out there. So I think that, you know, like you mentioned, like he's not worried about hurting anyone's feelings. Um, I think everyone kind of, knows what they're getting themselves into. Like you see the memes circulating, you got all these high ranked dudes coming together to, you know, try to win a chip. And, you know, that might mean, yeah, you're not playing 35, 36 minutes a night. You know, uh, you think of the phrase, everybody eats, man. And like, that's, that's hopefully what they're gunning for, man. Everybody eats B. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody kind of doing their thing out there. I think Penny got it. Yeah, I think it'll probably, I don't think we're going to see the same guys all the time. Like last year, Penny did have to try, a lot of different lineups and spread his minutes out over different people. And, you know, towards the end of the season, he had Memphis clicking pretty good. Obviously Jeremiah was playing, you know, insane, but I think a lot of that, a lot of the credit has to go to with how Penny had things set up at that point. I mean, that was how our team like was all modeled around him because he was a star at that point. And Penny was at least able to recognize that and move towards that. So you have to give him some credit for that. He didn't try to force something like from beginning to end of the year, no matter what, uh, just to like, say, this is my way. He adapted to the personnel that he had on the team. So I, you know, we can only assume that he'll be able to do that this time around. And something that even if like someone doesn't play a whole bunch, I think back to Jaron. So he did not play much in college, like what, 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Something incredibly low. And he's still the fourth number all fourth, number all overall <laughs> fourth <Number> overall <laughs> pick. So if you're good, you're going to get, you're going to get where you're going anyway at the next yeah. level. And people will recognize that whether you're playing 15 or 30 minutes a game. Yeah. Damn, I ain't got a lot though, man. I'm a little sick about Rajon, dog. Yeah, that's going to hurt, man. That's going <laughs> to hurt. But uh, we're still in it with RJ Hampton, apparently. Yeah, depends where what side you read it from. Yeah, <laughs> Rod Hampton loves Jason and John. So <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Right? Who doesn't? Yeah, but he's talking to Evan Daniels, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Kansas was a uh, you know real great. Definitely gonna go there. Texas Tech probably hot, really high on her list. You know, really like Chris Beard." But the, the the difference in R.J. Tucker highlight or uh, well, God damn it, uh, R.J. <laughs> Hampton highlight video and a Rajon Tucker. Rajon could be R.J. too. Uh, <laughs> uh, it True. is what I said earlier. Rajon is a grown ass man, and R.J. Yeah. is a junior in high school. Like you, Rajon would eat 
RJ alive at this point in their careers, you know, not to say RJ is not going to be great. He probably will be and, you know, be a stud on down the road. But right now, give me Rajon with this team. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if that can't happen, I'll take RJ. <laughs> 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 uh, and another thing with the people playing and stuff is we got to be honest with ourselves. People aren't going to make grades, not going to qualify academically. People are going to get hurt. Uh, somebody might transfer. Somebody might realize, man, I ain't, I ain't built for this and transfer. So these things are going to work themselves out, man. But it's just so great that Tiger basketball is fucking back. Dude, on ESPN, everywhere you turn, you just got like tons of articles and content everywhere. Makes me smile. And actually, you can find a lot of content on the barnburner.com if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. We got uh, Georgia coming to the forum next year, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. That's just going to be crazy. Yeah, I haven't even dove into the schedule. I know I know it's not as great as everyone, you know, would like yet, but Penny yeah. is working on it. And we do got a trip to Thompson Bowling Arena where we can get some revenge on the balls, man. Ooh. I mean balls, whatever whatever they're called, the balls. Uh, <laughs> man, come through there and get Rick Barnes the fuck out of here. And uh man, that's gonna be fun. I think that's a must must make trip if you can afford it as a Memphis. Oh fan. hell yeah, man. And fuck Rick Barnes, man. He's the only dude <laughs> that can come out and say, like, yeah, I mean, I was gonna go to UCLA if they would have given me more money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, what a dick. You asshole. Like. <laughs> but I got Tennessee fans texting me talking about how Jordan Bones about to be a late first round pick and because of his what? combine. And I'm like, man, you know, he can jump high and he can run fast, but He's not that great at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just a random basketball player. Yeah, yeah, no. man. Shout and out to Jordan Bone, man. <laughs> That's how Tony shout Allen be doing out. when he talks shit about someone. Oh, <laughs> man, yeah. about, uh, shout, shout out to Ashim to beat, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking funny, man. <laughs> That's, That's the best podcast in America, man. It really Tuesdays is. with Tony. Our former airport representative. Oh, oh yeah, Penny Hardaway. Now the airport representative. <laughs> Somehow he's going to be like the literal mayor of Memphis while coaching the team. That's going to happen in about five to ten years, probably. <laughs> For real. So we're all joking right now, and I just a dark thought came into my head. Are any of you guys worried about a potential downfall? If we, so now we have these expectations, right? Wah, like everybody's wah, like, wah, oh, wah. national championship, uh, <laughs> uh, elite yeah. eight minimum. So if, if we get into next season and I don't think there's any way we suck in the American, but maybe it happens or maybe we get put out the first round of the tournament. What's your minimum for next year to be a success? Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of already lived through this with, you know, Passner a little bit. Passner, you know, he had some strong recruiting classes. We had these blue chip recruits coming in, but you weren't getting past the first round of the tournament. And that shit was disheartening as fuck. <laughs> and I think, and I think like Penny is like even on a whole higher stratosphere pedestal. So like I ain't trying oh, to yeah. go through that shit again, man. So you gonna be mad if we if we don't? Win <laughs> no, 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 no. I I I want to say I go sweet sixteen, sweet sixteen. Okay, okay. Sweet sixteen. I, I'll take it yeah. one more level. I'll say elite eight with the uh, with the talent that we have based on some data I've looked at from recruiting classes and like kind of where they finished in the tournament. I think elite eight with this super exceptional class. Cause I think this might even be better than like most normal number one classes. Yeah. Um, I, I think elite eight is where I, I would see us finishing up somewhere in there. I'm not one of the people that's like, if we don't win the title, then that's a failure. Cause I think that's kind of crazy to say, so much can happen in a tournament that, like, that's just super unfair to put on anyone. You could right. come out and Kyle Guy could just be, like, shooting, make 15 threes on you. So, like, I mean, you can't hold that against him. Yeah. Or Fletcher McGee could not hit a three and you get lucky as fucking winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man was breaking. Fletcher yeah, McGee. It sounds like a na- like a fictional storybook. <laughs> like a porn star or frat star. And then shout out Aubrey Dawkins for missing the point blank layup after oh. playing an amazing game. Like, that shit hurt. Yeah. What, what yeah. about you, Mason? What are your, where do you fall uh, on your... Uh, I think I need to win a game in the tournament. 
at, at minimum. And uh, I need to finish top two in the conference regular season and or uh, make the championship of the of the conference tournament. So I'm trying to keep it low, man. We Yeah. We, ran, hard. we didn't run passing her out of town. Like he brought that shit on himself. Like he, he sucked it up and sucked it up. Uh, didn't hire coaches around him and shit like that. But just with Penny, I think we got to be a little more careful. And I don't think we're going to get to that point. But, uh, you know, we just got to – that's our boy, man. We got to love him. We got to yeah. give him a hug. Embrace him. <laughs> As a theater That shit ain't going to happen, man. We about to run through these fools next year. <laughs> what you talking about? What you talking about, bro? <laughs> oh, my God. Best recruiting class in the nation. Lance Thomas coming back, like – Oh my God, we about to fuck some folks up. Let's go. I'm just ready for them to start selling that fucking Nike apparel, man. Like every time a penny posts, he's in all this fly ass Nike shit. Like, damn, where can I get some? Can I get a fleece? Can I get a fucking <laughs> some fucking a Nike tech suit? Some shit? Damn, I want to flex. Lil Penny's got to come back this year. Oh, he like, got to come mm. back. He got to. That market is about to be crazy. Like we're about to be so national, it's ridiculous. Like I, w- I wouldn't surprise me if ESPN Plus did a you know docu series on this season. It really wouldn't. Shout out to to Des Merriweather for seeing all this before it happened and getting Penny into coaching and Ugh. basically telling him how it was going to go down. And so far, so good. He saw it, man. Do it for Des, man. Like I don't I don't know what our listeners believe in or you know if you're religious, but if that doesn't make you believe in a higher power or some kind of good juju out there, like, uh, I don't know what can. <laughs> yeah. Facts. All right. Now, speaking of good juju, Zach, mm-hmm. time now for your segment of the show before we close it out. You are the true Game of Thrones watcher on the podcast because the chief is not here. What was your take on the final season, the final episode, and how it all went down? So let's, let's say final season, uh, started, it started off like pretty slow. I thought it kind of more too like buddy, buddy with everyone just having a reunion, remembering how they'd wronged each other and then being like, nah, it's okay. We're all about to die anyway, whatever. It's all good. (laughs) And then the vanquishing of the night queen, queen, night king. That was I, I, I didn't hate that. It was kind of like happened too soon. I didn't care for how that episode was filmed. Uh, the battle of, battle of Winterfell. That was a, uh, it was hard for me to see. I could, I just like full, couldn't fully enjoy it, which was pretty frustrating, but I felt like the way they closed it out in the last, Did you know, you could turn the brightness on your TV. Up? Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm aware of that technology trick that you can do, but I shouldn't have to. Hmm. That's just trolling. <laughs> I know. And then, but I, I, uh, I at least appreciated the way that John took out Danny, that of all the things that happened in the season, that was something that I could appreciate that they at least did that justice. Now, Brandon on the throne. That's just, I was like, all right, whatever. At that point I was like, yeah, this doesn't matter. We'll just, whatever happens. Tyrion trying to like bring democracy to the seven realms. Also, if Sansa can just say, oh, Winterfell, we're going to be by ourselves and just be ruled independently, what's to say the other six realms wouldn't want to do that? I feel like everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that's an option. Screw this democracy king deal. We'll just have our own kingdom. So that so, some confusing things at the end for me. But I, so I, I go ahead. I'm feeling some confliction in your heart. So are you happy with how the series ended? Are, like, <laughs> no, are you I upset? wanted there to be like... I almost wanted like uh very was not like a, a conflicting character to be on the throne. Like I wanted Cersei to win. Like I felt like that was how it was going to end. If it was to go with the flavor of the entire show, mm-hmm. was that like something that you would kind of be upset about and then kind of sad at the end, but it didn't really happen. It's more just like confusion kind of, it left you with like a little bit of feel good, but no real, uh, substance, I didn't think. Damn. And that's so like that, over forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. Well, until they like make all these spinoffs. But 
So you know well, he's what, not going to let you down. <laughs> Penny Harley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I would continue this Thrones talk, but I, I've only watched like the last four episodes. Uh, I didn't watch any of the, I tried to watch some of the previous episodes. So all of my input is really invalid. Uh, the ending, yeah, I thought that shit was pretty boring, man. I was trying to see some bloodshed. I wanted to see some people killed. Like you said, some conflict, but uh, they played it nice and kind of everybody went about their way. And I mean, you know, it's got to end. Um, but yeah, I want to see some motherfuckers die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought like the Hound Mountain battle, like that was, that was cool. a lot of, was a lot cool of fan service there. Um, so some things, you know, happened. I was like, okay, that needed to happen. Thanks for doing that. But I was really hoping that they would make a tough decision at the end and do something crazy for who ended up on the throne. Well, well I guess you, it is crazy. But While I've got you down in the dumps, uh, how are you feeling about your Cardinals, man? <laughs> it's going uh, not super great right now. But, uh, blew a lead yesterday. Teddy is hell. <laughs> how are the Braves? Are they, like, taking off or something? No, nah, we just doing better than y'all. <laughs> we're not two and nine in our last eleven or whatever y'all are. So, uh, we, we are we're doing pretty well. We're twenty. We're like five hundred. What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, I think our records are about the same. Uh, we we just, just been on a winning us, streak. Yeah, y'all yeah. been on a losing streak. Uh, Braves are getting it together though. Just caught up Austin Riley, Desoto Central's finest, who is a raking ass motherfucker. Uh, he got like eight hits in his first four games. Uh, just ridiculous. Rich, you got a baseball team or hell no? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I, I, fuck, I fuck with the Astros, though. I like their jerseys. The old school joints with the orange and shit. Yeah, you look like a Jeff Bagwell fan. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking more Nolan Ryan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> back in the back in the. Um, all right, man, let's get out of here. Grizzlies got the number two pick in the draft coming up in, what, less than a month. Uh, then we got free agency. We got the impending Mike Conley trade. Uh, are you team Ja or are you team RJ? Then the Tigers got the number one recruiting class, and Penny has taken the nation by storm, just like everyone in Memphis knew he would. <laughs> Not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm slim, man. I'll holler at y'all. I'm out. Say ya. Peace. M-E-M-P-H-I-S. I'ma rep this here till I walk up on death. My demise ain't real. Don't hold your breath. Cook heat over beats on something like a shelf.